Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in the Bronx, the midway through spring training edition. Pete Caldera here in Tampa. Mike Stanton back in the studio. And, uh, oh, Mike, it's uh, it's been a pretty good spring training so far. About 1130 uh, 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 on uh, Thursday uh, morning, things started changing a bit uh, in the other direction. But, uh, you know, overall, this had been a, a pretty serene camp, uh, a pretty healthy camp. Um you know, pretty exciting camp when you think of some of the rookies and uh, the new addition in the bullpen, uh, bullpen and the uh, and the rotation. But now, uh, the Yankees are dealing with some injuries. Uh, it starts with the, in the rotation with Carlos Rodon joining Frankie Montas, who'd already been starting on the IL and who may not pitch uh, at all this year for the Yankees. And uh, a couple more pieces in the uh, bullpen are hurt, and now uh, also Harrison Bader, their starting center fielder. Yeah. It's like he's not going to make it to the post on opening day. Yeah, you know, this time of spring training, you know, games have been going on for a couple of weeks. These are kind of the dog days of spring. You know, everyone gets excited when you come into camp. Everyone gets excited, uh, you know, with, with the pitchers and catchers, everything's starting. Then everyone gets excited about the position players. And then as soon as, as soon as things calm down there, what ends up happening? Well, then you start playing games. But, you know, this you got to remember, this one's a little bit different just because of the WBC haven't played that in quite a while. And so, you know, but Cashman's nightmare and it's every single solitary night is when he gets up in the morning, what, what is the health report going to look like? He gets a report every single day and you know, what is it going to look like? Like we said, they've done a pretty good job early in camp. Everybody is going through aches and pains but and we we know that the Yankees over the years have had a tough time staying on the field, and it does look like some of that is starting to flare up now. Yeah, and uh, we'll deal with to, today's uh, injury news first. Uh, with with Harrison Bader, they're, they're still waiting on the, the the full medical report from Dr. Chris Ahmad, uh, team physician. You know, uh, with obliques, these are tricky. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't want to, uh, to to force him back too soon because uh, that's when a three-week injury turns into a two-month injury. Uh, they, they've dealt with uh, these things long enough to know uh, you, you baby these things. And uh, at least on, on March 10th, uh, they're in a better position to do that now than uh, if sure. this was uh, down the road in the season. So you'd anticipate he starts on the on the IL, you know, maybe in a, in a best-case scenario, uh, you're looking at a, a, a mid to late April return. And then you got to think uh, where, where they covered in the outfield. Now we asked uh, Brian Cashman today, do you think you're, are you covered in the short term? He said, basically we have to be, uh, I mean, you know, Cashman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, Mike, what, what are they? What, what are the, the king of subtlety? Yeah. He's, he, right. He's <laughs> now, he, he always says that, uh, listen, that if there's a better option out there externally, 
we're going to look into it. I mean, that doesn't seem like, uh, at least at this point, that that this is a, something you, you need to be going, you know, you know, taking a deeper dive right. into other organizations because they they do have guys that can, that can cover it. Estevan Florial, their perennial prospect, lefty hitter, is out of minor league options. So you would think that he's now squarely back in the mix to at least make this roster and, and play some center field. Aaron Judge played a ton of center field last year, mm-hmm. and, he, and he looked like a natural center fielder out there. Aaron Hicks, who uh, you'd anticipate to be their opening day left fielder, is a natural center fielder, but they'd prefer him to be uh, in the corner spot. So, uh, but, but they are covered. They've got guys like Rafael uh, Ortega, uh, mm-hmm. a major league center fielder in camp right now as a non-roster player. And they got uh, – Willie Calhoun, not a center fielder or corner outfielder, but uh, he, he's hitting like crazy in, in spring training. Take that for what it is, but he is a major league hitter and a lefty hitter and a guy who could impact their major league roster coming out of camp. Yeah, so let's start off with the injury to to Bader. Uh, and, and, you know, of all injuries that baseball players can have, obliques and intercostals are really the, the most difficult because you can't do anything while you have this injury. You know, if you have an arm injury, I can still run. If I have a leg injury, maybe I can still get my arm moving. But, you know, when you have these uh, these core injuries, you do nothing at all. And you don't do anything until you feel no pain, and then you start easing your way back. So it's really about the severity of the injury on how long he's going to be out. They don't really know yet, okay? It doesn't seem to be all that severe because you can tell that, if nothing else, by the timeline that they're talking about. But they're still going to have to wait and see. Got to do this now. You can't just play through this. If you do it again, a couple, uh, you know, a, a three-week Injury turns into a three-month injury if you redo it. It's always more severe. And people need to understand these things are extremely, extremely painful. You know, a bad one every time you take a breath. And God forbid you sneeze. I know we're in the spring and allergies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we've actually seen guys go down with injuries when they weren't before just on a sneeze. So, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that they're going to have to really be cautious. Um, they, they can't be proactive. They have to just be reactionary to whatever it is. But the good thing is that, you know, we're we're at the beginning of March. We're in the second week of March right here. So you still have a few weeks of spring training. Let some of these young guys work things out and. You know, if the injury isn't as bad, that may determine on the route that you go. If it is a an injury that Bader's going to be out for a longer period of time, you know, there are no better options right now, but there will be at the end of camp. There will be players that will be released right towards the end of, of spring training, and there will be some options. They may not be great options. They might not be something you really want to do, but if Bader's going to be out and, and, you know, the young guys aren't, working out the way you want them to, you know, you will have some options at that time. So at least they have some time right now. Cashman doesn't have to make a knee-jerk reaction here, which Cash doesn't do very often anyways. But, you know, he doesn't have to stress out completely. Just got to wait and see how long Harrison Bader is is actually going to be out. Yeah, I think they can cover it in the short term. I mean, you really wonder what the, uh, you know, what the, what the opening day outfield could be. I mean, you could very well have um, – uh, John Carlos Stanton out there yeah. playing right field and uh, Aaron Judge possibly playing left field and moving uh, Aaron Hicks uh, back over to his original position in, in center field. I mean, that this is a experiment 
experiment they've tried a bit in, in, in spring training, having Judge play a couple of games out there in left field, because at Yankee Stadium, uh, they're thinking if if ideally, and this is ideally, uh, they'd like to get Giancarlo Stanton 50 starts out there in the outfield, right? Uh, a healthy Giancarlo Stanton, um, to sort of, you know, they feel he, and he also feels he's a better player uh, when he is playing more regularly in the outfield, not just strictly yeah. a DH. Uh, but now this might have to be a, a necessity uh, for the short term with the beta injury, mm-hmm. getting Stanton maybe three starts uh, a, a week, if possible out there at, in home games in right field at Yankee Stadium, less real estate, having Judge play uh, in the vaster left field, and 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 then you've got uh, Hicks back back in center field. So uh, that yeah. that could be an alignment you see as, as early as opening day. And that that's probably the one that makes the most sense. Now you're still going to have to move move players around, and uh, because you're not going to have Giancarlo play right field every day, you know that right. you know he, they'll have to spell him. You really, if you want him to play right field, depending on who your opponent is and where the road trip may take you. You probably want to try and do it at home at home just because right field isn't nearly as big as some of the other ballparks around the league. So, you know, you'll just kind of it, it's going to be a fluid situation. And and, that, and the reason that one makes the most sense is because, you know, that Aaron Hicks is a natural center fielder. I mean, that that is his position. Now, you understand the the the, the struggles he had last year. He seems to be, you know, early in the camp, he was talking about how he's in a better place mentally, how, how much stress there was last year. And it's all about getting off to a good start. So, but at least defensively, you know, he's going to be able to do, you know, do his job in center field. There's not going to be any question about that. And, you know, as far as judge playing center, yes, it is more physically strenuous to play center field. You've got more ground to cover. You got to cover both gaps. But it is also the easiest of the three outfields to play because you get such a clean read ball off the bat. You know, him playing left field, it's good to see him in left field here in spring training because the ball acts differently in left than it does in right. So he's got to get used to having that first step. He was a longtime right fielder, you know, center field for most guys is 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 easier but going to the other side going to the other corner it can be a little difficult on that original that that initial read on the ball right back over your head yeah yeah you wonder how how Boone will play he's uh, Aaron Boone has already said he's you know he feels comfortable if he if he needed to play uh judge in in left field but uh yeah. he, he played such a great center field last year and, and and I think you know them regarding Hicks now more as a corner outfielder Maybe the way they go would be to put uh, Judge back out in center field and and, and mm-hmm. Hickson left. But uh, yeah, and then and then the, where you go after that with the uh, the depth uh, uh, the outfield remains to be seen because they do have the, well that, two, that uh, the whole situation with Hicks and Judge left field right field you really have to weigh your options on you know Judge hasn't played a whole lot of left field Hicks has is a natural center fielder if you switch them. Yeah. Okay, yes, Judge is better in center field than he's going to be in left, but now you've got you've got a guy in Hicks that really hasn't played a whole lot of left either. So, you know, it, it's it, it's kind of a six half dozen type situation. You got to just kind of go with a, you know, Booney will have to go with the gut field to, to figure out which you would rather have where, and it may come down to just wear and tear. You know, you would rather have Hicks in center field just simply because now Aaron Judge doesn't have to cover as much ground. 
Yeah, and uh, and Hicks is uh, also a guy that comes with an injury history too. So uh, sure. I guess they got to be careful about uh, you know how how much and how long that they play these guys uh, during the week just to maintain them. So that's that's something to watch. Uh, the rotations uh, changed a bit, Mike, with uh, Carlos Rodon out for. Uh, Probably about a month. You, you got to uh, think conservatively here. That uh, hopefully, yeah. That uh, now, now he would now. Radon has told us that this is a, something he's, uh, you know, that this elbow forearm thing. Now he's already had Tommy John surgery. We should say the UCL uh, came back intact. The, the MRI, everything was was good there, um, and he feels that he could pitch through this, but there's no reason to do it now. Um, right. So erring on the side of caution, um, you would anticipate that uh, the rotation that that you start off with would be uh, Cole Severino. Uh, Nestor Cortez is going to pitch uh, fifth. Uh, it looks like coming out of the gates because he was slowed a bit uh, by the hamstring injury. But uh, now Domingo Herman, who looked like he was going to take Frankie Montas's spot, uh, is firmly in the rotation, and Clark Schmidt uh, is the runaway leading candidate to now. Uh, take that spot that uh, would have been Rodon. So um, right now, at least the Yankees have on March 10th, five starters going forward, but uh, their, their depth is really being tested. And beyond, you know, the, the depth of, of having Herman and Schmidt fill in for uh, Montas and Rodon, uh, it gets a little sketchy after that. I mean, it you're does. talking about uh, you know, Davey, Davey Garcia again, who, um, you know, for the last year and a half, uh, has completely lost his command, and and you wonder if he's even uh, a, a prospect anymore, or uh, somebody that the organization even considers uh, long term as somebody who could help them either in the rotation of the bullpen, or he's even a trade piece. So um, you know they they their their rotation uh, depth is being tested right off the bat. Yeah, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of camp when Frankie Montas came, you know, when, when he was being taken out of the rotation due to the, his injury. You know, we talked about how you know they're fine the way they are because you weren't counting on Frankie at the beginning of the season anyways, even if he was healthy, just because he wasn't, he wasn't going to be ready for April. But, you know, we said that, you know, the depth, the depth is being questioned and we, we they needed everyone to stay healthy. Now I, they're saying all the right things. Rodon saying the, the, the right things, the Yankees, they're saying the right things that, you know, this doesn't seem to be severe. Uh, they've put a time frame on it. But it's an elbow. You never know. You really never know. I mean, you talk to anyone that has had, you know, any doctor uh, that has does Tommy John, you know, ligament replacement surgery. They'll tell you, you know, when you have the first one, what have you really done? You've started the clock on the second one. I'm not saying that's the situation with Rodon, but it's still an elbow, you know, and that's still that's always a question mark until he's back healthy and throwing again. I mean, that's that's really the thing. He can feel. He can feel good now. He can, but it's it's really about getting back on the mound, getting into a throwing program, and seeing how the the elbow reacts. So, we'll just all keep our fingers crossed that that's the case. That it's it it is just going to be a few weeks. You know, maybe the end of April, like you said. Hopefully, that's all it is. But um, I'm always just so wary of elbows, just simply from from the history that we've had in Major League Baseball. How many yeah. times have we seen a guy go down with just oh a slight elbow strain, and then in three weeks he's having Tommy John? Yeah, I guess the I mean if you're looking for the silver lining on this and the uh, just going off of what Rodon is saying is that uh, you know this is similar to something he pitched through last right. May and last September 
uh, with the with the Giants. Uh, he didn't have imaging last time, so uh, you know it, it could have resulted in uh, in a in a yeah. shutdown of a couple of starts if had he had an MRI uh, back then. But he felt it was something he could pitch through, and he and and he did, and he had a, a, a you know he had an All Star season. Um, well, I mean, if you remember back to September. Um, there was big question marks going into the postseason whether he was going to be healthy. The the start before they shut him down, he was throwing in the low nineties. The stuff just simply wasn't there. Took some took some time off, and it did definitely bounce back. Had the electric stuff uh, back later in the postseason, but you know, there's also just wear and tear. I mean, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. I, mean, I don't I don't want to be the 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 perennial pessimist here, but. You know, we've just seen so many examples of bad elbows of of something seemingly minor turn into something major, and we just got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that that's not the case for Carlos Rodon. The uh, bullpen's depth is also being tested here. With uh, Tommy Canley won't start on time with a biceps uh, tendonitis. Lou Trevino dealing with the elbow ligament is- issue. Uh, for for Canley, that's going to be a short term. They feel that uh, you know this is something that uh, developed earlier in camp um but you know he's you know he was coming off the the tommy john surgery from uh you know a few years ago he had uh uh, a bit of a setback last year with with the dodgers but finished strong came into camp feeling great but just Mm -hmm. you know it's probably the build-up again sure you know he hasn't had a a normal spring training build-up for you know three years now so uh you know probably the uh you know the ramping up of, of of that work could have led to to this um, but, uh, there's also something he's dealt with in the past and he feels like, uh, you know, top end that this was, you know, a three to four week issue. So if that's yeah. the case, maybe mid April, he's back. And then, uh, Trevino, I think, I think they're going real conservative, uh, thinking that, uh, you know, setting the, the, the target at, at about mid May, but, but Trevino just talking to him this morning feels like, uh, you know, he's actually progressing right now. And, uh, you know, you know, probably in his mind feels like that timetable could be sped up a bit, but he's never been on the IL previously with, with an arm issue. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, you know, um, it, it, you know, there's so many guys in major league baseball, everybody needs a break. Um, I like the time frame that they're doing for Trevino just simply because they're not going to push him. Um, it sounds like he wants to push it himself and that's fine. As long as, you know, they continue to be conservative. And, and, and the reason you want that is because a lot of times the second injury is always much worse. You know, we talked about Harrison Bader and the, the oblique. You know, it's really any soft tissue issue that, you know, if it, if it happens again, it's always worse. So you want to take his time. And, you know, Trevino's got – he's got that, uh, that bulldog personality that, okay, it feels good, let's go, let's go, let's go. But that's where the Yankees are going to have to kind of grab the reins, pull back on him, and make sure he doesn't do something crazy. So, you know, it, it's this is, this is spring tra- – this is happening all over Major League Baseball. This is what happens in spring training. That's why I said – at the beginning, Brian Cashman's nightmare is what is the health report going to look like tomorrow? That's not just his. That's every general manager across the board in Major League Baseball. Right. Uh, the beneficiaries of uh, you know those uh, you know guys not being on the opening day roster uh, could be uh, two guys who have been really interesting in this camp. Uh, one's Greg Weissert, uh, who is on their 40-man roster, had uh, a 12-game uh, audition last year. A right-handed reliever with a really unique 
delivery, uh, Mike. I mean, this guy sets up on the on the extreme third base side of the pitching plate, um, kind of angles his body where it, this has to be one of the most incredibly tough at bats for a right-handed hitter. Yeah, because he's staring in the in the opposite on deck circle, and throws and is a sinker slider guy. Um, he, I mean, this is a guy who in the last two years in the minor leagues had a had a sub two ERA at triple a and um you know he had his struggles a, a bit at the, at the big league level initially last year but uh you know a guy that they they feel is really intriguing and and uh, could help their bullpen this year especially against right-handers you know yeah. i kind of equate this guy he doesn't throw exactly the same actually he's more extreme than jeff nelson you know nelly was yeah. devastating against right-handers because he was tall. He cross-fired. He kind of threw from behind the right-handed hitters and threw a whole bunch of sweeping sliders. And right-handers just just simply couldn't square it up. You know, in this day and age, that you got to remember, you can't really have a right-handed specialist. You know, you'd use him at a certain time. There's going to be some. He's going to have to face some left-handers because of three-batter rule. Right. Uh, you know, there's going to have to be some left-handers, and that's where Nelly had his difficulty also was facing those left-handers. But with the sinker slider combination with his funkiness fastball plays up which means it seems to be a lot harder than it really is but if he can put the ball in the just put the ball in the zone he doesn't necessarily have to have great command of it but because of his uh, because of his deception and because of his arm angle uh, there's just going to be outs just in putting the ball in the zone so if he can do that you know he could be a useful pitcher for for Booney there um, early in the season until some of these other guys come back yeah, a couple of the guys to, to watch. Um, there's a non-roster pitcher in camp named Ian Hamilton. He's he's had uh, limited major league experience. He has a pitch uh, that he's developed, a, a split change type of pitch, and uh, okay. it's become kind of the talk of camp right now. Uh, you know, you know that and um, you know the development of of uh, Clark Schmidt's cutter. I think are, are are two of the pitches that have been you know sort of uh, talked up a bit in camp this year. So uh, as a non-roster uh, pitcher, he, he's got a shot now, uh, to make this club getting a lot of attention. Um, they've got really one left-hander in, in this bullpen and Wandy Peralta and a guy named Matt Crook, uh, who's on their 40 man could, uh, now stand to benefit from, from these injuries and, and possibly, uh, make this club. And, uh, Jimmy Cordero is a guy they put on their 40 man, uh, roster this year and a guy that, uh, they're, they're kind of high on too. So those are yeah. a couple of names that, uh, you know, you could watch, uh, you know, could possibly come north uh, with the Yankees when they break camp here in about three weeks. Uh, and then the, the real talk of camp, uh, Mike, has been uh, Anthony Volpe, the 21-year-old yeah, shortstop from New Jersey. Uh, you know, when, when camp started, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, if, if he hits 350 and Oswald Peraza hits 200, but he has a healthy spring, uh, Peraza still has a has the edge to be the opening day shortstop. Now, halfway through camp, uh, my thinking has been altered by the way Volpe has played. Uh, you know, just getting to watch him every day, yeah. his, his everyday demeanor. I mean, this guy, the way he goes about his work, his preparation, his defense has actually been impressive too. And you know, there are some scouts who wonder if he's a long-term shortstop. He's played second base in this camp. He's worked out some at, at third base, but. You know he's made every play at shortstop uh, that you that you'd want him want to see him make. Yeah. And uh, and and he's uh, and he's hit under the spotlight mm -hmm. in in this camp. So you know if you had to say right now, 
this is the best looking shortstop in, in, in Yankees camp right now. And they're going to have to have a very long and hard discussion in the coming weeks about whether to take him north at age 21. He'll turn 22 in April. Right. You know, what I like from, from Volte is, is the fact that it's not just the numbers he's put up. Like you said, he's made every play. He looks comfortable. You know, he doesn't look like he's out of sorts. You know, his body mannerisms, the way he's talking with the other players, the way he, you know, because a shortstop, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie or not. You have to take command defensively. You are the premier position on the field. Uh, you're kind of in charge of everyone except for the catcher. So, and, and he's done that. You know, he doesn't look out of sorts. He doesn't look out of place. He doesn't look like he is, the game is too fast for him. Now, you know, the question is always, is the second deck on the stadium going to make a difference? I don't think it will. The kid seems to have a pretty slow heartbeat. And, you know, what do you do with him? You put him at the end of the the, the bottom of the lineup. You just let him progress and, and just tell, hey, dude, you're, you're our starting shortstop. You're going to play, you know, six days a week. We'll give you an off day every once in a while. Um, and, you know, we'll see where you are after 300 at-bats. You know, as long as he holds himself defensively, as long as he can make the routine play, doesn't have to make the spectacular play, but as long as he can make the routine play and not hurt them defensively, I'm kind of digging it. I like it. Yeah. And, um, you know, regardless of Volpe's status, um, the Yankees do have an infield surplus right now. And, uh, you know, Brian Cashman talked about that yesterday and, and basically said, you know, listen, you know, Essentially, the shingles out there. If uh, teams are coming for infield help, uh, you know we've 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 got uh, we've got guys we can talk to uh, about. And uh, right. without saying who they are, obviously you're thinking Isaiah kind of Falefa. You really don't know what his status on this club is if he's not the everyday shortstop, and he probably won't be the everyday shortstop. So, um, where did, what is his status on this team? And um, you know, and to some extent. I mean, I don't think that I mean, Josh Donaldson has a very tough contract to, to move with the money still remaining on there. Yeah. But Labor Torres um, is still an attractive, uh, you know, trade piece uh, in the right trade. I'm not saying that the Yankees are, are actively shopping him. I don't think they are at this point. Uh, but still, it, it, it's a guy you can move if you can, um, if you get the right package back, yeah. whatever that is. I mean, if I, I tend to think right now that, there's they're okay in left field the way it is status quo right now i mean you get another pitching injury though in the starting rotation right. then then you're then you're really in trouble then 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 uh, you know it's it's uh, all hands on deck on you know anything's anything's available but right now i got to think that uh, ikf looks like the odd man out right here if if they're going to make a move before spring before uh, spring training ends. Yeah, the problem is what is what is Isaiah's market? What is his value in Major League Baseball right now to another team, to a team that but you know there's just not a whole lot there. Um, you know, just simply because yeah, he was he you know, he had a subpar offensive year last year. He's a good defensive uh, shortstop, you know, he, he usually makes the play the way he's supposed to. The guy that has the most value, and here's where Cashman's in a bind, is Glaber. You know, Glaber had he's younger, he's more athletic, he's a much better offensive player. Had a good offensive season last year, uh, but yeah, 
he's also the guy that you you may need in your lineup anyway. So he's your most valuable player to you, but he's also when we're talking about all these all these players, he's your most valuable player to you, but he's also going to be the most valuable player on the trade market. So, you know, that's where hard decisions have to be made by Brian Cashman. Yeah, and I and listen, I I'm not discounting the value that that the the IKF could bring to a, another club um and 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 possibly you know, listen. The, the Dodgers have could have a need out there for seem to have a need for an infielder. Uh, mm-hmm. Possibly there there are other clubs. The Rockies uh, could be another team uh, that that could use some infield help right now. And, and and then you never know, as you said, what what shakes out uh, in the last weeks of of camp here. So right. um, I I would think that uh, you know now Cashman said nothing hot and heavy going on right now, and this is really not the. The time you see many deals made, we're in, still in too Nick early. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, two weeks down the road here, when uh, you're really uh, you know getting down to the last parts of formulating your your 26 man active roster, that right. uh, that that's when you'll see some action. So with Kiner Falefa, you also have to remember what is his value going to be to the Yankees? You know, even if he's not the starting shortstop, you know, he could go on the bench and he could be the backup. You know, because as um, Valape, as much as you like we like what we're seeing right now you know is he a shoe in you know we talked about the second deck on the stadium no you're he's not and what if you know you, you talk to any old scout they'll tell you you have to take spring training in september with right assault that you can't really hang your hat on those two times a year because guys can just get hot um and then you know once you know i i can tell you a story um in spring training back in 97, um, I'm throwing bullpens and, you know, I, I was from a different, I came from the Braves organization. We were facing hitters from, from uh, the very beginning. And Joe Girardi caught me a couple times and he was, you know, he tells me the story later. He's catching going, this guy's really got nothing. I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, even in the game, it was okay. And then, but it wasn't until we got to the regular season. It wasn't that I wasn't trying in, in spring training. But once we got to the regular season, the first fastball I, I threw him, <laughs> now Joe's like, ah, okay. You know, there's a little bit more behind that now. Now yeah. this this is the guy that we that 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 we brought in, that we meant to brought it bring in. Yeah. And and so that you have that also, that you know, the pitchers, you know, one of the things you have to pay attention to is who are the pitchers he's hitting. You know, is he getting his base hits at the end of the game against minor leaguers? How what do the at bats look like against starters? And it's you know even thus far in spring training, the pitchers aren't quite there yet. They're not at their sharpest. So those are all aspects that the Yankees and Brian Cashman are going to have to have to you know take into account. And that's where kind of Falefa could kind of be okay. If it doesn't work out, we keep him on the field because at least we know exactly what we're going to get when we put him at shortstop. Right, and uh, actually playing shortstop uh, today for the Yankees in, in Lakeland is uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, and I think mm-hmm. his versatility and the way that he's been able to, uh, you know, I mean, he is a shortstop. Um, they already have a – so they'll already have a, a guy who can back up shortstop right. uh, uh, if, if they somehow move uh, IKF. But uh, Cabrera's even played some center field and, and looked pretty natural yeah. out there. Too. He's an athlete. Uh, sure. Yeah, he's an athlete. He can hit, switch hitter, and he's played seven seven positions right now. Just one more uh, last thing before we go. Another guy who's uh, uh, gotten some attention in, in his first big league camp and a, and a big prospect 
Jason Dominguez, the, the, the switch hitting center fielder, hit his third home run of uh, camp uh, yesterday. And, uh, and he launched that one uh, over the bleachers here in, in right field. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of excitement around this guy. Um, he's sort of, and Cashman mentioned this too, uh, played, his game has gotten better with every level he he's, he's ascended and he went and, and he did play at three levels last year. He'll probably start the, the season at, at, at double a, uh, but, and he's only 20 turned 20 last month. Uh, but a guy that, uh, you know, is, is coming with a bullet and yeah. uh, a guy that uh, this time next year um, will be competing for a starting outfield sure. spot in this club. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, just uh very talented young man. And you never know. I mean, we may see him a little later in the season. He's not going to make the opening day roster. He shouldn't make the opening day roster. He still has, you know, if nothing else, he still has, well, he hasn't used any op. He's still got options. So, you know, uh, you know, what you want to make sure is, you know, he's going to be kind of your top outfield prospect. When you bring him to the big league, you don't want to bring him to sit him on the bench. You want to bring him to play. And that's why you start him in the minor leagues is because he's probably not going to start. He's probably not going to start for you right at this point. So you want to make sure he's continuing his development. You got to make sure he's continuing his at bats, but once he gets called up, you don't want to ever have to send him back down and him just being, you know, newly 20 years old, you know, you got plenty of time. There is no rush. There's other guys you can put out. There. They may not be as talented as Dominguez is, but you got to make sure that when you call him up, you do not have to send him back down. Yep, it'll be uh, interesting to watch his development uh, this year. You got to think that, uh, yeah, he will start in Double A, finish in Triple A, and um, yeah, could uh, could be a game where may see him later in the summer. I mean, yeah, could you, know, you oh, hope not because it's usually going to take an injury to get him here. But right, you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I, I think they, you know, and and a lot of these guys, uh, you know, Volpe included, you know, the you know, lost part of their development during that, that pandemic uh, yes, year too. Did. So that, uh, you know, that, that's something to, to, to consider also, but uh, we've got plenty of time to talk about those guys down the road and uh, whatever else is going on with the Yankees. So uh, we'll wrap it up from Tampa here, Mike. We'll uh, see you down the road. Hey, regular season's right around the corner. We got the WBC hot and heavy right now. So a lot of baseball out there to, to watch if you pay attention. Absolutely. And we, we hope you join us once more. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.